Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans, comic book fans, fans of lists, fans of podcasts, welcome. Even if you're not a fan, if it's your first time, you've arrived at the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Now, I can say that with some authority because I'm the host. My name is Seth Singleton, and this week, just like every week, is an opportunity to look back over all the books that came out from DC Comics, pick the top five, and talk about why they're so great and why they deserve to be on this list. Usually quite so very short. However, this is the last podcast of 2020 and looking into 2021, it is possible to see that everyone could come up, which is why it's a delight that all the books that came out for this week, December 29th, 2020, were a total number of five which means all five make the cut. Now, is this like participation week? Is it just the fact that they showed up so they win? Actually, I think all of these books are winners, and it's my joy and pleasure to share with you the reasons why. Why I think all five should be considered if they're not already in your collection. And if they are, well then, open up with me. Turn your pages. Celebrate, enjoy, relive, and... Reconcile, if possible, whatever it is you can or need to about 2020, because 2021 is right around the corner. Future state, so much more. You and me, the spinner rack, it was made to be a dream for two, three, and so many more. So, without any further ado, let's get to what's in store. Starting things off, my first choice here on the DC Comics New Spinner Rack, episode number 86. And why not start things off with a plethora, a word that I once used when I was writing a column for my local paper, and because it was one of our vocabulary words for that week in my English class, my teacher really pointed it out, which is a lot of fun and made me remember the word for more than one reason. If you've got a teacher out there you like to remember and celebrate, please take every moment you can, share it with us, share it with me. Stay tuned for all the reasons and whys at the end of how to do that. My first pick for episode number 86, The Dark Knight's Death Metal, The Last 52 War of the Multiverses. 
I love these things. 84 pages packed full of all of the best fun you could hope for. And the team-ups. I mean, the first story features Wonder Woman in a fight, and it's got Josh Williamson and Scott Snyder kicking this one out. Not only that, but Dexter Soy, Scott Koblish providing the art, with Veronica Gandini the colors, Tom Napolitano on the letters. It only gets better after that. But it also gets so much fun to see some great new talents also show themselves. Which is why I'm going to share with you a few of their names, such as Magdalene Visaggio, Kyle Higgins, Regine Sawyer, Che Grayson, Marguerite Bennett, and Matthew Rosenberg. With a return by a writer I haven't seen in a little while, and I'm intrigued to see now appearing in the final story of this series, Mr. Justin Jordan, whose work I enjoyed on The Curse of Brimstone, and introduces some new material regarding that character and also some future evolutions uh, there's a great mix of artists some new names as well i encourage you if you haven't at least considered take a glance at some of the stories some of the art and some of the possibilities for you to enjoy for starters this is a great anthology that does this wonderful thing that I've really enjoyed them all doing up to this point, which is to give us a 360-degree view in these quick vignettes that open our eyes to the multiple corners of DC's universe and characters, so that along the way we find ourselves enjoying so many different facets, so many different approaches, and so many fun moments where characters that we love, new versions of them, old versions, and the twisted warped versions of the dark multiverse that continue to rear their heads and offer up a sickening possibility of all the things that even the best of us might fear. And because of that, all the ways that we can see the damage that would have been wrought in the world that we have so far enjoyed in these comics. It's haunting, it's harrowing, but also along the way, we discover how many people are going to be affected by this event and how we can see this play out in their future stories. I'm intrigued by everyone from Swamp Thing to Brimstone, as I mentioned, Lois Lane, Twisted Versions, and the alter egos that fight them. A few storylines that don't actually come to a conclusion, but leave a tantalizing possibility for what's to follow as we get into the final stages of things like Dark Knight's Death Metal. As it comes to a close, Future State begins, and some anticipation about all the characters that will see their storylines continue, and new ones that might be added to it. We get some great glimpses. We also have some moments that feel like they, well, they show us more than just the hero's viewpoint. They offer us a little bit more than, than I think you might expect. Now, granted, if you've seen and done it all, none of this is going to be new. For myself, there were some moments that I enjoyed for their originality, for their true sort of vision especially when it comes to what we think we've seen and what we can still be surprised by. This book gave me a lot of great surprises. It made it a lot of fun for me to enjoy and a treat for me to share with you as my first 
selection. These are, of course, in no specific order, nor should they be viewed in any sort of ranking. They are simply the top five books for this week, December 29th of 2020. Now, after a great five out of five book like that, what do you do? How do you keep it going? Well, you sort of take a couple of thumps of the old foot on the floorboards, take a chug of some coffee, you remember what it is that excited you about this book when you began reading it and by the time you finished it. So after that great first five out of five choice, The Last 52 War of the Multiverses, comes Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Dark Knight's Metal. And in it we have another collaboration of Scott Snyder, this time working with Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly for the story, with uh, Lansing and Kelly providing the writing, Carl Mostert on the pencils, Trevor Scott and Norm Ratman providing the inks, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. with the colors, and World Design provides the letters. There is a moment that should be regarded as significant. By the way, there is some ominous crowing of crows, cawing perhaps of the crows in the background. Don't let that worry you. It's just the end of 2020, making a few rasping pleas. The moments that are pinnacles in the stories of so many great crossovers, so many great cataclysmic events, are the moments when the scales are balanced on the slightest of edges, the finest of razor-thin wires that will tilt one way or the other. And thankfully for our heroes, in most cases, they have been positive. But in the Tales from the Dark Multiverse, we get the Dark Mirror version. We get the twisted possibility. And when it was that the metal events transpired in the positive world, where they came to a positive somewhat ending, or at least ended with more hope than they began, The Dark Multiverse version was powerfully damaging until there was only one left, a monitor traversing the worlds that are being destroyed, each and every one, by the dark, terrible energy of the Batman who laughs, who has harnessed it all and brought himself to a godlike position, or at least one equal to battling and fighting Perpetua, the up-to-this-point big, bad, evil great thing destroying and threatening all that exists. Duke Thomas is the last monitor, and he is viewed with some degree of scorn by the monstrous creatures that have been left behind, and also by the few remaining members of the Bat Family, Titans, and Justice League that still exist. For the most part, What he finds is twisted versions of the heroes he's known, whether it's a skeleton flash or a gigantic hawk version of Hawkman, or it's Bobo hanging out in Red Tornado's armor and making it feel like a creepy version of an Iron Man Tony Stark scene. And yet through it is also a magical idea of hope built around one in which you simply don't go out without a fight, you don't go down without trying to take some of the enemy with you, and you're even willing to partner with things as violently dangerous as a Joker dragon. (laughs) The colors, the pencils are gorgeous and phenomenal. They are both exotic and original, and at the same time, 
feel like they are hearkening to all the things from the past versions of these characters that inspired them. Duke Thomas makes a powerful play and does that thing that's often described in literature and stories when a character must move past the shadow of the predecessor, the trainer, the father figure, the master, the one who gave so much in instruction and ways and now must be surpassed. And with that is the rising of a new dark figure capable of moving through more than just maybe this world, maybe into the entire dark multiverse itself, and maybe to stand up against the Batman who laughs with all those other figures from worlds that were destroyed, and those figures may or may not have survived. It is the dark multiverse. It does seem to dredge up the worst fears. I wonder if at some point that even includes the fears of the Batman who laughs or the godlike being he's become. Should be interesting to discover as we get closer to the end. I really enjoyed Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Dark Knight's Metal. I loved what it offered. I loved what it told. I loved the way it told it. I loved the images and colors I still can see even when I put it down. And I love sharing it with you as my second choice here on episode number 86. Time for that amazing ad break here, our last episode of 2020. The final reminders as we move into 2021 and all the great things you should be looking forward to. I know I am. By the way, have you seen the new website? Something to think about. Here's those ads. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. DCNEWS35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. 
Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nards. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show, we're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything off, you want, anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad Go. 
No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're back gonna... Scooby Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you were a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And just like that, the ads are over, and we have arrived right here with episode number 86 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Hope you got a chance to catch up on all that great news coming your way. All those fun things you should be considering, because why not? You know if they're coming from DC Comics News, it's going to be good stuff, just like me, just like the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, all the other great content we have, including our website dccomicsnews.com it looks good i love the change i recommend if you haven't yet go ahead and check it out you're often going to see so many other great stories we get a chance to talk about on the other podcast episodes but back to the spinner rack episode number 86 i'm talking about justice league endless winter number two the seasonal winter crossover event leading into future state and the stories to spin out of there. Endless Winter is the story of one Edward Olofsson who developed a power that he could not control and became uncontrollable even further when his family was threatened. He was seen first as a hero and then a villain and then with the combined efforts of Hippolyta or Hippolyta, Black Adam, Teth Adam, and a man known as John, the Viking Prince, Combine their efforts. The addition of Swamp Thing was the final piece and a necessary one after the death of the Viking Prince and the story that's led us to now when his resurrected spirit is merged with a seedling, a husk of the Swamp Thing and is brought to fight alongside the Justice League who have discovered that everything they have been battling so far has been an avatar, one of many, that Olafson has been able to create as the Endless Winter figure, and that his true location has actually been back near the Fortress of Solitude where this all began, part of an interesting story point in which Superman's former Fortress of Solitude and the destruction that was wrought upon it left behind damaging energies that were harnessed by Olafson and May be others, and to which he is being held as much to blame as Simon Stagg, the son or, sorry, Simon Stagg's son, <laughs> the younger Stagg, who has decided that he needed those crystals and would even put the lives of the family of Edward Olofsson at risk, and in doing so, drive Olofsson to destructive tendencies. So, he's also a prisoner of the weapons that he's using. They're harnessing his darkest nature and using it to feed. And Justice League now must not only try to save the man and his family, 
but bring an end to the destruction that is being wrought and find a solution that works for everyone. Get to the final page and you'll discover whether or not you believe the final decision and the solution is the right one. One who does not is Black Adam, who believed as he did in the past when he was instrumental in the sacrificial death of the Viking Prince, that all players are pawns and to be used as he sees fit as a king and the ruler of Kondok. We see how he uses uh, the members of the team that he assembled in earlier parts of this story and in this one. And because of that, it is revealed that Black Adam has his own purposes. And because of that, the message he will share with the world is that the Justice League is inferior, incapable, and that he plans on doing something about it in the future. I think it's perfect timing considering Black Adam the movie will be coming soon and we can get a chance to see what new possibilities are in store for Black Adam as a character and as a player on the larger stage. He's been instrumental in many before. I like his appearance in this Endless Winter and I think that overall his character, his direction, development and what he will do following this story arc will be one of the more lasting factors to come out of this story. But then again, there is that resolution. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. I loved the beautiful story, the gorgeous art, and the combination of so many great factors that, for me, brought this storyline to a nice close with a lot of thought, care, and for a crossover cataclysm event, I felt was very polished. And I'm curious to see what will be created from the bits and pieces of its pages. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts about this one, my third choice, as we charge on through episode number 86. Time for my fourth after this great five out of five pick. What could it be? Why well, keep you in suspense any longer? Simply put, it's Ginny Hex special number one. I really enjoyed this story. I, I enjoyed reading every page of it. I enjoyed what it offered to me and what I feel it offers to readers. We get the chance to enjoy more work from Magdalene Visaggio, who was someone that I had mentioned earlier in that anthology series. If you don't remember, rewind, rewind, rewind. When you find it, you can hear it. Thank me later. She collaborates with uh, Gleb Melnikov with the art, Luis Guerrero on the colors, Gabriella Downey providing the letters. Nick Darrington and Nick Filardi, the Nicks, providing the cover art, with Darrington providing the varying cover art. And a really great story for me that I think was a lot of fun and also brought to the forefront just what it is Ginny Hex is going to mean. She's a Wonder Comics uh, star from some great titles that feature Brian Bendis's handiwork, and I enjoyed what she did in Young Justice. I love that she's got this box of trinkets collected by Jonah Hex, and because of that, she holds powers and secrets that she is only going to uncover and discover, and I think that's a lot of fun for any great storytelling. So much is possible there loaded with so many implications, and how many different ways can you take it? Well, how big is your imagination? 
I like to think mine can fly pretty far. Curious to hear what your thoughts are as well. I love the Nick Darrington variant for this one. I mean, the original cover with her sitting on the box and a rifle over one shoulder and a laser pistol in her right hand, belt buckle of Texas, uh, the jeans, the boots, the vest, the hat, everything says to me, this is an ancestor of Jonah Hex. And then the variant just sort of gives a little bit more of that great style muted with the great browns and sort of, you know, softer desert tints, but also these little sparks of color and the, the youthfulness that reminds me that this is still someone who is very young and has found a way to make life work in a place called Dripping Springs, Texas, where following the... We've learned the passing of her mother. She has inherited the Hex Auto Repair. And she has some parts of her life that she wants to reconnect with, including a father who has come back on the scene and says he wants to create a relationship with her. Now, these things are often fraught with all sorts of hopes, dreams, and potential dangers. It's something that I thought worked really well on the Stargirl series. I think it works equally well in this story of Janity Hex. And I think along the way, it also establishes for us that she's got a few friends. She has a few people in her life that she has created close bonds with. And that because of that, they are much of the reasoning behind why she is driven to do things, mostly to protect them, especially from a nemesis who also appears named Three-Eyed Jack. And you're going to want to read how he makes his appearance, what that appearance looks like, because it is ooh, beautifully dark, harrowing. And I, I love the way it just sort of, I don't know, it, it gives me that feeling of <laughs> something magical, something horrifying, and something that feels very original, and yet also draws from some of the best things that you or I could possibly love from horror comics, mystery, science fiction, the weird. It, it's a good time for me, and I'm hoping it's a good time for you as well. I know I love the way the story set up all of these events, the way it played with something as palpable and tension-filled as a father and a daughter relationship following the death of a mother and what it's like for two friends who have learned to depend on each other to put that challenge or that friendship or that trust to the test and in the process maybe do more than they planned on and also maybe reveal to each other just what it is that they are willing to do for each other. Now, there's nothing harder than the loss of the parent that Ginny has suffered and the way that it's affecting her. And she also knows now that she carries a responsibility, that the box that she has, that the things inside of it are something she's going to at some point need to reconcile and she doesn't feel that it's something that she can put uh, the lives of others at risk and she also knows that what 
she wants to do and what she has to do are always going to be two great conflicts. She's seen just how bad things can get. She knows just how hard it's going to continue to be. And she knows that the manipulation that she's experienced and the frustration that it's left her is something that, well, she's going to have to live with. But along the way, she has the chance to do the right thing and meet some amazing people who can be part of guiding her along a path that is about her discovery, but isn't going to be completely alone. And even though she at times has wondered how it is that she can keep putting people at risk, how it is that she can find a way to live with what she has to do, what she wants to do, and become the young person that she potentially is destined to be. It's a great kickoff. It's a great reason to include it on this list. And I hope it's just the beginning of many more stories for Jenny Hex. I know I love this special number one. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on it too. For me, it was a five out of five book, which means it's time to arrive at our fifth and final. Now, of course, what it is and what it could be might be a mystery, but if you follow the solicits, if you've kept up on the weekly releases, if you know every book that came out this week, then you've actually been waiting for this. And if you haven't, well, you've been waiting for me to tell you, which means it's my joy and pleasure to share with you that the fifth and final book for this, the fifth, or not fifth, but the final <laughs> episode the DC Comics News Spinner Rack is Batman Annual, number five, A Story There is Hope in Crime Alley, written by James Tynion IV and James Stokoe, with letters by Clayton Cowles, original cover by Derek Chu, and really powerful story in my opinion. Something that introduces to us the origins of Bao, to those who have only seen him as his alter ego during the Joker War, he is better known as the Clown Hunter. I've always gotten a kick out of his outfit, the mohawk, the goggles, and certainly the baseball bat with the batarang embedded within it. Now, the other elements are on display to greater detail in the variant cover, which I get a huge kick out of because it features this really fun tie and this stare-off between Bao, Clown Hunter, and Batman. But what I love about this story is how it starts off with a character who's well-known to many in Batman's mythology. She's Leslie Tompkins, but she's also a, a powerful figure in the life of Batman. And her relevance to Park Row and the place known as Crime Alley is brought to light by Big Henry, who informs a would-be mugger, hijacker, mugger, we'll go with, that there's a reason why she is so highly regarded on Park Row, what is now Crime Alley, and how important the Tompkins Free Clinic is for Big Henry and maintaining his anger through anger management classes, pointing out, of course, that he could have broken the mugger's bones, but instead he simply threatened to do so, and that's a big improvement for him. Now, the story of Bao unfolds because he says that he's there for help, and Leslie Tompkins knows that she saw and heard from Batman that 
her card was given to Bao. And she wants to know why he's reaching out, especially at this time. And he reveals the story of how Harley Quinn and the Joker were responsible for the deaths of his parents. And how, through their deaths, he found himself uncovering symbols and desires similar, but different, from those of Bruce Wayne. And how they drove him to put on a costume, take up arms, and fight back. He grieved. He watched the Joker War tear the place that he has lived, the Narrows, apart. And how no one stood up. And when finally the weakest and the most vulnerable were made victims, he decided enough was enough and that he was going to do something about it. That people cheered him when he did. To which Tompkins does a great job of pointing out how it can be a desire that we all crave when people cheer us. But that doesn't always mean that they're cheering us for the right reasons or that what we're doing is right. What we do get to see, though, is the possibility of a breakthrough. If nothing else, a connection made between Tompkins, Bao, and the figure he still wants to be is Clown Hunter, but one that's in conflict now, following the events of Batman number 105. Something you might have heard me talk about here on the Spinner Rack. If you did, if you like the connection, if you have more to add, please don't hesitate to let me know. Let us all know. It's a story we like to share and hear. After all, there's a reasons why there's a reason why we enjoy talking about these stories, and there's a reason why it's so much fun for me to bring them to you as I do each and every week on each and every episode of the DC on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This is our final episode of 2020. It's been a pleasure to hang out with you, bring you each and every episode each and every time that we've had top five books to share with you, books that should be, and I hope continue to be celebrated, even a top 10 list might have popped up this year. It was 2020. It was weird. It was wild. You were here with me. I'm thankful for it. If you were here from the beginning, you're a soldier, and I appreciate your commitment, your drive, and you don't even have to be like a militant soldier. You can be a peaceful warrior or uh, a friend in arms, or a brother in arms, or a sister in arms, a son, a daughter, an uncle, whatever your age, it's been a pleasure having you here on the Spinner Rack with me each and every episode, part of DC Comics News and our podcast network. Happy, grateful to be a part of that. How do you make sure you never miss out? Hit subscribe, then tell a friend. Whatever platform you're listening on, subscribe now. It'll always be in your feet. You're guaranteed to catch every new episode of the Spinner Rack, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. We cover the news from movies, television, streaming, comic books, and more. We have special guests. We have great interviews. There's such great co-hosts. I'd love to give a quick word to them all. Mr. Steve J. Ray, who also hosts I Am The Night and is quite the force when it comes to all things Batman, Batman the Animated Series. Give it a listen. You'll get hooked and you'll either hate me or thank me later. I'm also going to encourage you to check out Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, an episode-by-episode breakdown featuring all of the gang from the weekly podcast, and happy to share with you all of their delights and maybe dark pleasures at what a great and fun show that is and how much we enjoy being a part of discussing it. And then, of course, I would love to give a quick hey there 
to my good friend and co-host on the weekly podcast. I'm talking about Kelly Gaines and DCN After Dark, a new YouTube series that has a new guest star, a new member of the DCN family. I highly recommend for you to check that out as well. You're going to enjoy it. You'll thank me later. It'll be fun all around. We have so much more in the future and on the way from DC Comics News Podcast Network. Be a part of it. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Listen together. Have listening parties. And then tell us all about it. How? We make it easy. We use the at symbol and the tag DC Comics News. That's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. Use that whether you're on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or more. And when you do, you'll let the whole gang at DC Comics News know what you're thinking, what you're thinking about, questions you have, answers to questions we ask, thoughts, and so much more. We love celebrating you. We love hearing what you think and what you want us to know, maybe do, whether we can or not. Hopefully it's all legal and ethical, and if not, we'll explain the reasons why we can't. More importantly, we love having a great conversation with you. 2020 has been a wild year. But it's also been great for developing great connections. We'd love to include you among those. Looking forward to sharing 2021 with you in all the ways possible. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been a joy to share each and every episode. If you have any comments for me about things I say, things I talk about, whether I get it right or wrong, trust me, I get it wrong. People tell me you can do it too. I'm on Twitter as one more singleton. I'm on the internet. Just type my name, Seth Singleton, and the word story into a search engine, whatever you find, find me, send a message, let me know what you're thinking, what you do and don't like, the whys, the hows, and more. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's share a story. Maybe it's a story we can share on here. Love to hear your thoughts. Looking forward to all of the things we'll discover together in 2021. Thanks for sharing this final episode of 2020 with me. This has been episode number 86. And as we always like to say here at the end of our episodes here at DC Comics News, and that is to always read more comics. Until next year, 